Hey, I'm Gabriel Goldfeder. I'm a Jewish life consultant, a.k.a. rabbi. There's an amazing story in the Talmud, in Tractate Kedushin, 81a, about one Rav Amram Hasidah, Rabbi Amram the Hasid, the pious one. He lived in the city of Neharda, which is in Babel. And one time, some women who had been held captive in Babel were redeemed and freed. And these women were brought to the house of Rav Amram, the Ch- as this would surely be a safe place to bring them. Rav Amram, however, sensed that an additional level of precaution would be needed in order to ensure that no one, including him, might act inappropriately towards these beautiful and vulnerable women. So Rav Amram had them staying in the loft of his house, and he removed the ladder so that there would be no way for him or for anyone else to go up into the loft. One of the women, who was exceptionally beautiful, passed over the opening in the floor of the loft where the ladder would ordinarily be positioned. And she was so beautiful that a glowing light emanated from her and excited Rav Amram, the Hasid, so intensely that he quickly grabbed the ladder which the Talmud tells us would ordinarily require 10 people in order to move. But Rav Amram moved this ladder by himself, positioned it under the hole in the floor of the loft, and started to ascend. When he reached the middle of the ladder, he stood firmly and braced himself and yelled out, There is a fire! In Amram's house, there is a fire in Amram's house. The rabbis and students nearby heard that there was a fire in Rav Amram's house, and they quickly ran to help him and to save him. And they found the rabbi on the ladder, halfway up, screaming. And they were embarrassed for him, and they said, Rabbi, you have embarrassed us. How shameful it is to find our rabbi, Rav Amram, the pious, halfway to sinning. And he said to them, better you should be embarrassed about me in this world and not be embarrassed about me in the next world. He then turned his attention on his yetzer, on this inner impulse that had compelled him to grab the ladder and make his way upstairs to where these captive women were, and he made his Yetzir Hara vow to leave him. And out it came as a pillar of fire. And he looked at the fire that was this burning desire inside of him, and he said, you are fire, and I am flesh, and I am more powerful than you are. This is a powerful tale. There is so much important information in here that is worth considering. First, 
Notice how powerful the Yetzer Hara is, this inner impulse, such that it ensnares even our holiest heroes, like of Amram, the pious. And look at how much energy, how much power, the Yetzer Hara wields, such that it would cause a man to be able to carry a ladder that would ordinarily require 10 people in order to carry. That's a lot of energy that the Yitzhahara has or makes available. Look at how close Rav Amram comes to falling spiritually. Even with the precautions that he takes, he comes perilously close to giving in, not unlike the story of Yosef, who almost allowed himself to be seduced by his master Potiphar's wife. Notice how Rav Amram sees what's happening before it's too late, and he breaks the spell of the Yetzer before anything terrible can happen. And most importantly, look at how he talks to his students, how he acknowledges the shame that he feels, but also the importance of talking about it. It seems his students would have preferred to have a teacher who never even almost falls victim to the Yitzhahara, but they get something much better. They get someone who is real and has real challenges, as everyone does in this area, and is not ashamed or afraid to talk about it. The challenges of the Yitzhahara and navigating and dealing with this inner saboteur can only really be taught from experience. No amount of sanctimonious preaching will provide useful insight and tactics for how to navigate this challenge. No one who speaks only from theory can provide any useful tools for counteracting the seductions of the Yetzer. In fact, experience indicates the opposite. It seems quite likely that sanctimonious preachers are, in fact, quite susceptible to the Yetzer and its seductions themselves. And rather than teach humbly from their own experience and their own examples, they cast shadows upon the people who unfortunately have to sit and listen to their sermons. As embarrassing and difficult as it may be, it is much, much more helpful to hear the war stories of someone who has fallen or almost fallen, who has given in or nearly given in, and then come to their senses and found a will and a way to convey the story of that battle. Such a person who has engaged and wrestled with the Yetzer has real experience. They know, they are familiar with some of the moves that the Yetzer Hara has used. They can account for and tell of the countermeasures that they tried. They can tell us what worked and they can tell us what didn't work. They can add real wisdom to the playbook 
that has accrued over time, one that everyone can draw from and try for themselves and use next time the Yetzer comes for them, as it surely will. This image of a war is not my image. I didn't choose this as the best metaphor for the encounter with the Yetzer Hara. This, in fact, is the language that was chosen by the rabbis of the Talmud. In the Gemara Sukkah, page 52b, right at the top, amidst an incredible and fruitful and powerful conversation about the Yitzhahara, Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish, also known as Reish Lakish, who once was a bandit or a pirate, and he had been brought around to use his power for Torah, he said, Yitzro shel adam migaber alav bechoyom umavakesh lahamito. A person's yetzer mitgaber alav. This is a battle word. Overcomes, dominates, oppresses. The yetzer hara of a person oppresses them bechoyom every day. And it wants to kill the person. It wants to kill you. It wants to derail your efforts completely. It is not looking for partnership. It is not sympathetic to your plight. It does not believe in you. It does not think it is there to help you along. It is trying to kill you. It is trying to ruin you. It is attacking you, and it wants to end you. This is a battle, and the stakes could not be higher. But it is an old battle. This is a battle that has been raging since the beginning, since the serpent crawled down from the tree and talked Chava into doing something she knew she wasn't supposed to do. And because this is an old and ancient battle, we have learned much along the way. Though every generation certainly has somewhat unique battles with the Yetzer in the particular valences, in the particular vocabularies, around the particular issues that beset that generation, still there is something eternal about the Yetzer and its moves, its motives, and its methods of attack. And so we have learned much over the years and the centuries and the millennia. The challenge, however, is that all that we have learned is useless unless we have the courage to share it. Each of us, as individuals, has learned so much in our own encounters, in our own personal wrestling match with the Yetzirahara. But if we are unwilling to share it because of the shame that we feel in admitting that what happened happened, then that wisdom is for naught and cannot be passed on.
to the next generation. The shame that one might feel when telling the tale of an encounter with the Yitzhahara that likely could have been expected and could have been avoided and makes the person look foolish. Of course, shame will rear its ugly head at such a time. But if that person can transcend or sidestep or hold their shame and tell anyway, the wisdom that they can give over will be priceless. So we're so grateful for Rab Amram, who, despite his piety, was so moved by the beauty of this captive that he moved an incredibly heavy ladder into position so that he could go up into the loft and then came to his senses and used a tactic that we should all note and incorporate into our own strategies. He called others in. He realized that he would be so embarrassed if his students found out what he'd done if he had done it. And he used that very feeling of his accountability to his students to his advantage to help him not perform this act that he would have done otherwise. Though we might ordinarily not see the opinions of others as a useful voice in our aspirations towards authenticity and refinement, we can see here first that anything to which we have access that can be used to counteract a harmful urge should be used, even if it's not ideal. And we see here also that the opinions of others, the accountability that comes from the vision of other people seeing us can be a useful tool in trying to build a more systematic resistance to the wiles of the Yetzer. This comment by Reish Lakish, that every day the Yetzer tries to kill us, comes at the end of a beautiful passage, beginning on the previous page, Sukkah 52a, in which great figures, Moshe and David and Shlomo and others, tell us the names that they use for the Yetzirahara. They pass their wisdom down. They share what they have learned along the way about the Yetzir. And this information that they give is invaluable. Not only do they tell us what they know, but they give us something essential, which is names. They give us names for the Yetzirahara. And it turns out that the Yetzirah has seven different names, and each one of these names is a unique manifestation of the Yetzirah, a unique way that the Yetzirah manifests in our lives. And having these names and a verse associated with it and a little wisdom from the person who said that verse who's able to give us some context, this information is priceless. It gives us invaluable foreknowledge and therefore the capacity to develop resistance and protection and strategy in this most essential battle which all of us find ourselves waging. Bezrat Hashem, with God's help, in the next seven weeks, we will mine the depths of this incredible and important passage from the Talmud 
and in so doing, will build a repertoire and a series of moves and a deep and shared knowledge that will allow us to live a better life in which we are able to navigate and to parlay the affronts and the attacks of the deepest voices and elements within ourselves that are trying to hold us back and to knock us down. I mean...